This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Sunday, 4.05, the Arizona Cardinals, the league's only undefeated team. They come to Cleveland to play the Browns. Uh, Always was an interesting game. You know, um, Cliff Kingsbury versus Baker, Baker versus Kyler, J.J. Watt. A lot of people think these were his two final choices. Um, Each team has a guy named A.J. Green. You don't see that every day. Um, The Cardinals want to throw it. The Browns want to run it. The winds, the early forecast says 20, 22, 25 miles per hour. Does that affect the pass game? Does that affect the kicking game? You know, I don't know. I think if it's 15 to 18, no. Uh, but last year, at this time, or only a little later than this, there were 35-mile-an-hour winds. And as we record this, we're 72 or more hours from the game. So we don't know. Um, the Browns are built to play power football. I think the Browns feel fortunate right now. Again, it's only Thursday, but coming out of Sunday's game, when Denzel Ward was hurt, when Greedy Williams was hurt, Greg Newsom was not on the trip. Jedrick Wills was not in uniform. Um, you know, my vibe is that Jack Conklin is not going to play. My vibe is that Jarvis Landry is not going to be activated. But it feels like Ward's going to play. It feels like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it feels like the Browns um, got a break injury-wise because they haven't been scrambling to add extra bodies at tackle or at corner. And they were down deep um, in both of those. And really... Credit Blake Hans and James Hudson. Um, Joey Bosa had a quiet game last game, and it's certainly not the offense, not over the course of four quarters anyway, that lost it. The Browns had a million defensive breakdowns. Um, they, they didn't manage the game very well, as you know, and then they just didn't get it done <clears throat> on the last couple of drives uh, against a really good Chargers team. So the Browns are close. And look, I, I'll just say this. Um, I'm going to have Nate Tyson. Uh, he does the Athletic Football Podcast. He's a former college quarterback. He watches film all the time. His dad was Mike Tice, who coached in the league. Nate is grew up a football junkie, is a football junkie, knows the stuff inside and out, and he's going to bring a lot of insights um, on the Browns, on the division, in everything. <clears throat> so, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But before that, I just want to say, guys, like, you know, I'm a hard grader on the Browns because the Browns are good, and they were never going to be. 16 and one, right? And they were never going to be great in September and October, or at least outstanding. You can't win anything if you are, right? Uh, I feel like that as far as the game management stuff last week was an outlier. You know, I feel like the defense has better pieces than it had, and you're not going to shut people out every week. So they followed up two outstanding performances with an awful one. The Browns still could have won. Like six things went wrong (laughs) again. But my major point is, it's good that we're, we're we're tough on the Browns. It's good that you're nitpicking, right? It's good that you expect more out of the pass game, out of Odell Beckham. Um, you know, how do you put fair expectations on Miles Garrett? You don't. Um, they, they didn't have Clowney. You know, Anthony Walker, first game back. Uh, JOK is another one. He, you know, he had the throat contusion. He says he's good to go. Boy, do they need him. You know, Denzel Ward says he's going to play. Boy, do they need him? So, um, you know, the safety position, I don't know what's going on, and I'm going to ask Nate Tice about that because he knows a heck of a lot more about coverages and breaking all this stuff down, how how defenses try to bait quarterbacks, how quarterbacks try to attack safeties. But I thought Ronnie Harrison was really good for the first three games, and he was awful last week. Um, John Johnson they paid a lot of money to. It doesn't seem like he's gotten comfortable yet, and yet, I mean, is is fine. We're in mid-October 
there's a long way to go, but you're playing Kyler Murray in this offense that's going to spread you out more than really any other offense in the league. And um, if the Browns are going to be leaky at the back, then the Cardinals are going to score a bunch. That's just how it's going to be. Um, from where I sit, I'm fine with 47-42. I know it gives some of you guys heart attacks. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see that. Uh, obviously, the Browns' blueprint to win this week is what it normally is. Spread the ball around. You know, open up some running lanes. Let those guys dominate. Nick Chubb absolutely dominated the Chargers last week. Um, you know, win the time of possession. Don't turn a ball over. And, and Baker failed at the end last week um, with the coach being a part of that too, but he hasn't turned it over. So that's that's been good. Um, the Browns have a punter problem. You know, do the Browns have a secondary problem? Well, sure. I think it's fixable. We'll see. Um, overall, I could feel good about this team. And I just, you know, I said after the game, uh, when Jason and Lloyd and I were doing the podcast, like this is the first bit of adversity, um, big picture adversity that this group has taken. And, and I didn't mean to say that that one loss in early October on the road against a really good team was the sky was falling. It's just that expectations are up for a reason. Pressure's up because this team is built to win now. And they've gone about it in a very understated style, and they've won a bunch of games. And, you know, for the first time now, Stefanski's record of not losing back-to-back games is challenged by an unbeaten and super talented team coming in. But, you know, um, I don't know what's up with Wills and with Conklin. Um, I don't know how and if you fix this Mayfield-Beckham thing. You know, I don't know if Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and John Johnson are going to be in the right place at the right time on Sunday. And we don't know if Greg Newsom's going to play, right? Uh, I don't know how um, – healthy Clowney and Garrett are quite frankly um, two games in five days that weighs on things. And if you have guys get banged up again, do you miss them next week? So like I said, I, I'm just saying that crossroads is not the word that I want to use. I just think the Browns are under a lot of pressure. I don't like the criticizing of the officials. I don't like the Instagram bullshit. I don't like the whiny stuff, right? Um, you're going to have ups and downs. You got to handle them. This is a team that last year, you know, took its lumps early in the year, despite, being four and two to start because those two were really awful and everything was new and expectations were low. They rebounded. They played their best football. They found a groove. They kept finding different ways to win. I think this team is even better talent wise. There are a hundred reasons to think you grow from last year's experiences, good, bad, and indifferent. The the chemistry is better. Um, And and, and we'll see. There's a real home field advantage. They They have three straight home games. The Browns have a chance folks to be, Eight and three in a few weeks, right? Browns have a chance to go on a real run here, to end Arizona's run, build some momentum, do some things. They have the players to do it. We'll see if they do it. So I uh, hope you're subscribing and reading to reading The Athletic. I have a piece up on Joel Batonio, uh, his 100th start, and which Joe, Joe Thomas says he thinks Joel is not just the best guard in football. He thinks Joel can be a Hall of Famer. We'll have this week in Browns up. We'll have all the game coverage. All you know that. So, um, let me press the right buttons and bring in Nate Tice here uh, as we talk Baker, as we talk secondary, and just the AFC North in general. All right, as promised, I bring in our esteemed guest. He is Nate Tice. You hear him on the Athletic Football Show. Um, Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Film guru, former college quarterback, knower of stuff. Nate, a privilege to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, yeah, film guru. I don't know, but nowhere of stuff. I will take that. I, I was on a different podcast, and they were trying to like figure out. Uh, he was like, "What? What would you call yourself?" And I was like, and he was like trying to like throw these like cool names and stuff. And I'm like, 
Do you remember Game of Thrones? You know, the Sam character who just stays in the library and like at the end. Yeah, that's me. I'm just Sam from Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been wanting to do this and and we were just joking. Like last five days ago, I was in the airport and I was in the Chick-fil-A line next to your dad. And so my two thoughts were, one, this is strange. I'm in the Chick-fil-A line next to Mike Tyson. Two, I've been meaning to call Nate and have him on the podcast. Talk about football. It was a sign. It was was the universe telling you. It was the universe going like, hey, I should maybe reach out. That's right. I can't stay organized on my own. So um, that that was good. That was good. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So I want to touch on a bunch of different things here, Nate. Uh, I know you know the game real well and you see it from from a different angle given, you know, your background. Um, And I promise Browns fans it's not all going to be negative, but I got to ask, how does a team get the ball back with a minute and a half left and and only get 21 yards there? What what did you see uh, happening? Yeah, it's kind of the negatives of being in this type of offense that's boot heavy and naked heavy and and uh, play action heavy in a run game, which is good. Like, I mean, obviously, it's an explosive offense. And I mean, it looks great a week, week in, week out. But when all of a sudden you have to drop back and pass over and over and over and the defense, the key is the defense knows you're dropping off back and passing and and teeing off, whether it's a pass rush or the coverage, just knowing, oh, we can jump this stuff. They're trying to get a first down. I think that's just what it is. It's not what the Browns are meant to do. And now you see where the limitations of and I'm not trying to be like you, you said, like super negative or anything to start. But, you know, you see the limitations of Baker like that's not Baker's game. Um, and also the concepts that you run. Um I, I think Stefanski has done such a great job of blending offenses he's been in, but it is, you know, heavily Shanahan and Kubiak influenced. And you can see that in the passing concept. So sometimes they don't maybe have the best down the field stuff. And I, I think that's just what it is. It was like, oh, shoot, our passing game is more nickel and dimey and then shot plays out of play action. Now we have to like get 15 yard chunks just dropping back. And you see limitations in the, in the pass catchers and everything. It's just, it's not what they're bred to do. There's not what they're built to do. And, they just got put in a situation where they had to do it. But uh, I was a little disappointing to see the little shorter throws knowing I think they had no timeouts going into that drive. Correct. Maybe. Yeah. And and they ch- and they, it was that it's very frustrating for any offense that does it. it ask any Vikings fan they uh, where they see Kirk Cousins get put in these situations. But that's what it felt like. It felt like a better version of that. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the world they put in. But it. But the thing is, you still put up 40-something points. You still looked fantastic on offense. There hasn't really been any defenses that have limited this offense. It's just that's what it is. When the game script's not good and you have to chuck the ball, it's not what the Browns are built to do. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, and I said this at the top, and I've written it feels like every day. Like, <laughs> folks, we're grading the Browns tough because the Browns are good. You know, yeah. and, and the next step is winning these close games and winning it. Yes. Like for Nate, I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen a lot of Browns, bad, bad Browns teams. <laughs> I've seen a lot of low expectations not be met. So you look here yeah. and you think they're all in and like let's, I want Stefanski in general. I thought he just was really poor in the fourth quarter, and that's very uncharacteristic. I feel great about Kevin Stefanski. I feel great about the offense. I feel great about the organization. I feel like he probably failed them more than anything else in the fourth quarter last week. Is that fair? I yeah, I wouldn't say he failed them, but maybe just what they can do. Like maybe, hey, we got to get better at two minute. So and when you when when a guy, a coach, a player, a team has like that one bad moment or a bad game or bad series or whatever it may be, it's really how they bounce back. And that's and that sounds corny. That sounds like an old coaching adage, but really it would be very interesting for me to see. It's like, hey, they just got kind of exposed in a situation that that they have to do. I mean, they're 
I mean, if you want to be a contender, you have to win in every possible way. You're not going to blow everybody out. You're not going to score 50 a week. You're not going to, if you have a great defense, you're not going to limit the uh, the other team to seven points every week. You just have to win every type of way. But maybe this is a, a cold water on them going like, oh, shoot, like we got to, we got to up that. Yeah. We got to figure out, get, get more than stick, you know, and stick nod and, and all these simple pass concepts that are like meant to get the ball out, get seven yard gains, but we need 17 yard gains, 27 yard gains. So maybe I wouldn't say he failed them, but maybe it was a, a nice slap in the face or, or maybe or cold water, whatever metaphor you, yeah. <laughs> you want to use um, that, that, Hey, maybe we got to tweak this a little bit more, like as good as our run game is and our play action stuff is maybe we got to like really kind of, Hey, we got to make this easier on Baker or the offense. Yeah, and and I think we we do that both by nature and you know in general um, we we judge one moment one play for all of yeah. these guys. Uh, but last week was start number fifty for Baker in his career. Yes, um, play GM, <laughs> play play team <laughs> owner. Um, are you reaching <laughs> deep in your pockets for fifty more? Uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think this next year is going to be very, it's going to be one of the most, from a national sense too, one of the most intriguing narratives. What do you do with Baker? Cause I think this is what Baker is. I, I, I would be very scared to pay him and break the bank for him. If you can find a way that makes sense. Um, yes, but then you're also limiting what else you can do on this roster. I mean, they pay, they pay a lot of money to a lot of other players on this roster. So now it's going, now, oh man, isn't it, isn't it intriguing? Like it's going to be, it's a, it's a damned if you do damned, if you don't kind of situation, but I would not be breaking the bank for Baker as much as I think Baker's not bad or anything, but he is not truly in that upper one or two tier as a quarterback, but I think he's firmly in that third tier, you know, the Kirk Cousins range, the Derek Carr range. Like the, it's so funny how similar those guys are um, in this, in a sense, in the grand scheme of things, but it would be very hard for me to break the bank. But if you could find a way that can get him on a budget, eh, I know you won't, but if you could, that's more what you're trying to go for, but it's going to be interesting this next year and a half. I think they make him play for it in the fifth year and then, or the next year. And then, try and see what goes from there yeah, uh sure. it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating it really is yeah i mean you know they're trying to build an organization to last here right and and you yeah. have a lot of guys who really should be in in the primes of their career so maybe you can make it last but i also think if you look a little closer they're all in in this year and next right like this mm-hmm. roster has never been better I mean, not not in our lifetimes <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right? And, and they have a little bit of cap room, not a ton. Um, Odell, 15 mils, probably coming off the books after this year. But mm-hmm. is that a fair way to look? Like like the Browns, by the end of 2022, had, had better win it or a lot's going to change. I think that's fair to look at it. I think it, it could be a reset. Uh, I wouldn't say a rebuild, but more of a reload and a reconfiguration of maybe what they want to do. But yeah, I think they are built in to go all in for this year. And why wouldn't you? I, I think this is <laughs> like that's yeah. I, I think the ability for team building as we misconstrue where it's like, hey, they're all in or they're rebuilding. There's only one of two things. I think the best teams and I think the Browns are getting there as a franchise. They give, you give yourselves opportunities to pivot and it's easier said than done. But just having an, or paths that you can go down as a franchise like what the Browns are in is a little different than what the Chiefs are in. Even like as much as I love, we all love Mahomes and how incredible Mahomes is. How are they going to pivot with this defense? You know, like that. This is what they are. Like as a Chiefs franchise, the Browns have the ability, like you said, they have a little bit of cap room. They have some good players throughout the litter throughout the roster. They're finding retreads. Like they're obviously doing good things. 
but it's that's what it is it's how are they going to pivot from here <laughs> and it, it's it, it's it could go in so many different directions they can retool do they get baker on a cheaper deal okay obj is gone okay do we reconfigure let some of the linemen go or or draft another one it, it, you know they got some guys on the cheap too you know like they're getting some great play guys on the cheap and Ah, man, it's I wish I just had a short answer for you, but I just keep kind of like talking myself in circles with this. But it's like that's what they have to do is they have to keep drafting well. And then next year, they're going to have to figure it out because it's I think this year and the next year they're they're built to go all in. I mean, it's obvious when you just look at how the cap spaced out for them. But it's that Baker decision is going to have ramifications on everything. Obviously, it's your quarterback, but it's just what else you can do with the roster. I promised you, Nate, and I promised you, the listeners, we'd go big picture while we have Nate. But but one more here in, in the moment. Um, how yeah. do they figure things out with Odell? How, how do they use Odell? Or is Odell not a top player anymore? I think Odell's still talented. I think this kind of play action, heavy personnel is not best for his skill set. Um, I think Odell is best in an offense that's more getting the ball out and throwing the ball 40 times and, and spread. Let him work on slants. Let him do get the ball in his hands quick. Let him do work on digs, uh, stuff where he's moving as opposed to a shot play. And then it's like, oh, shoot, it's third and five. Here you go, Odell. Like, you know, at, at more in the flow of things. I think Odell, that's the uh, uh, the best way to kind of use him is in the flow of the offense as opposed to like dialing up one play for him. Um, and But I don't think he is done done, but he's not that elite level, but he's still a good player. And it just seems so they just seem so disjointed when they use them. It's it's like, okay, the route's right and the throw misses off. Or or the route's right, the throw's great, and then he drops the ball. Um, okay, the route's good, the throw's gonna be about to be good, and then oh, there's pressure and Baker's scrambling backwards to his right, always to his right. He always only scrambles to his right. Um, but it's I think Odell is still a good player, but is not that guy that's that's that your true X. He's more of like a a middle level number one receiver but i do think he has number one talent it's just that this offense might not be perfect for him where i think he just has to get the ball in his hands quickly yeah it's maddening i mean you see him open and they weren't looking it probably wasn't to him right you see him open they miss him and then last week on fourth down he's wide open and he says he didn't see the ball well hit him in the hands yeah (laughs) you know know. he goes if you he he said today you've never seen me try to catch a ball like that obviously i didn't see it well you have to catch it when it hits your hands like exactly if you're only getting seven tar if you're only getting seven targets if you're not going to be in a spread heavy passing chucking every down and you get 12 14 targets you have to make those six seven targets happen It, it just is that's the world he lives in and that's what sucks is like you're supposed to be the star stars don't have those moments crop up sure. no, <laughs> and I that's agree. yeah and that's yeah i know what he says i don't try to catch the ball that way it's like well it's fourth down weren't you expecting it yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and nobody was around him either nobody anywhere um, i know you know by, by nfl standards anyway so yeah exactly yeah um, he was nfl open yeah yeah uh 13 weeks left nate but who's gonna win the afc north oh my god if i I would. I was all in on the uh, the Ravens before the season, and what I have no idea what to make of that team. Uh, I think I'm going to still go with the Ravens, but I think them the Browns. It's it's Ravens or the Browns. It, it just is. I think the Bengals are not the team that their record has indicated. I think they've gotten pretty lucky. <laughs> um, I think they are about to. They have. A, they play the Lions this week, but then I think it's about to uh, get a little hard on them afterwards. And I think the Steelers, as long as they have Big Ben there, it's just they're. They can have a couple games like they did last week, but it's just it's too hard. They're they're sledding uphill every game just with the, with their offense. So it's going to be a battle between the Ravens and the Browns, and I think just health indicates it. 
Um, I would still go in with the Ravens, but I think it's it's either it's a flip them. <laughs> I, I think both of these teams are going to go like eleven and six or twelve and five, yeah. and then it's just going to be a slugfest. Whoever wins, whoever wins their head to head battles. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to expect that each wins on its home field, right? When, when yeah. they play each other, so so yes. then it comes down to the other things. Um, yeah, and we'll see. You know, the Ravens have certainly been fortunate, uh, but. But in the end of the games, like you would rather give the ball to Lamar than Baker, flat out. <laughs> yes, I know, I know, and that's that's the thing is Lamar can just do Lamar things. So that's the thing is like even though I think the Browns are a better team, it's the Ravens always have Lamar, and the Ravens always just have enough on defense and enough otherwise to get it done. But it's like it's hard to bet against Lamar. It really is, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially how he's playing right now. Yeah. So the Browns defense um, before last week's disaster, right? They had had two (laughs) really good performances in a row and going back to week one in Kansas City, which is obviously a very difficult environment. They weren't great. They gave up 30 points. But I thought for game one, you could see the individual pieces, right? Like Malik McDowell has been a huge, a great find, a huge upgrade. They paid a lot of money for John Johnson. Um, What do you see in this defense? And um have we seen the last of 47-42 Browns games? <laughs> well, you see almost how much Clowney is important to them uh, as a defense. I love Miles Garrett, obviously one of the top three or four defenders in the entire league, any position. And the thing with Miles Garrett, and I've made this joke before, is he kind of knows where he makes his money. So he's not gonna he's not keen on playing the run every time. And that's where Clowney comes in. Clowney is knifing inside, doing all the stuff he does. He goes rogue a little bit, but they have enough team speed to compensate for it. I think this Browns defense is more good. That's uh, gone by, you know, gone by uh, with some, maybe some poorer offenses, especially that Bears game. Mm. Uh, but it, it's, I think it's their smart. They don't do anything crazy. They only run a few coverages, which is fine if you have smart players. And they do have smart players, uh, but they are built on, they have to create that pressure up front. They have to generate that because you can run on them, even if, Going in the last, I know that's obvious to say after what the Chargers did, but even going into last week, I could, you can kind of see that where they're a little lighter, especially if you're going to play JOK, you know, in the box, they're winning with speed. But as soon as if you get any push on them, it's you really can get after them in the run game where you run at them, uh, running more power stuff as opposed to side to side, take care, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the Browns defense. I'm an offensive guy, so I I always try to figure out how to beat it. <laughs> So, so I'm maybe not the best person always to go like, oh, this is this is the defense. I'm I'm talking about how you beat it, but it's this Brown defense. I just thought it was smart. They maybe at times can struggle with um, generating the plays that you need if, if if offense is taking care of the ball, like we saw last week. But it's I always think that they have guys around the ball. If they're running quarters, they have two guys around the ball. I think it's more of a good defense than maybe this uh, elite tier that they've played at so far. But Clowney is just so, so, so huge for them. And and he is. And it's just more than I even I thought. I mean, obviously, we all know who Jadavian Clowney is. But even more, seeing him with Garrett and seeing them kind of take turns on guys is like, I see the vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see, I see you know, the I'm upside. I'm glad you of, said that, too, because yeah. I, you know, I've seen the vision, right? You, you load up the defensive line, and those guys do those things. And JK, just JK runs behind and cleans up plays, right? Yep. But a part Speed. of that vision was was John Johnson being a stabilizing force back yeah. there, and he just it hasn't been. Um, why why is that? It's it seems to me that he's he's maybe trying to do a little too much. Um, so if they're like in a quarters quarter shell, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, with two deep safeties, 
it seems to me sometimes he's driving on stuff or maybe he's like trying to like he's worried about his teammate doing the right thing as well so he's not truly playing free it seems like maybe that he's trying to do the perfect play always as opposed to maybe being a little aggressive or maybe making the heady play where he he reads what the offense is doing i think a lot of what they do on the back end is a lot of uh, like i said before they're not running anything crazy it's more to make it hard on the offense, more in the more in the sense that it's like it's more annoying than like oh my god they're gonna disrupt everything uh, in the back end. I'm saying at front end, of course they do that. Sure, by the back end they're more like hey we're gonna squeeze these spaces. So I think Johnson, and especially when he was coming from what the, the Rams were doing, similar shell and everything, but the Rams were having him drive down to the robber spot, uh, um, push over against these motions, and then really come downwards. And I think right now these safeties get caught in no man's land a little bit. And and whether it's like, ah, do I drive up and fill up the run or am I supposed to stay back and uh, deep as the deepest? I feel like that, that's really, I would say the issue, but maybe where they're just not playing as fast. It's almost like they're trying, they're caught half measure um, where it's like, I don't know whether to be aggressive or be safe. Um, and I think that's maybe where you're seeing maybe him not be the, the where he's playing to his pay, if that's yeah. the best way to put it. No, sure. And, and that makes sense. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a little bit maddening and, and puzzling because this is the NFL. You're going to give up touchdown passes, right? But like yeah. to lose Mike Williams twice, and, and I'm not saying it's John's fault because I know for the fact yeah. the one was Grant Delpit's fault, right? But like yes, because to lose back, Mike yeah. Williams of all people twice, like just meandering on downfield. <laughs> he was just taking a stroll all the way down. I know when when uh, Herbert threw that. I was like, oh, this is probably some shot play to some like, you know, gadget receiver. And I just see big Mike Williams running by himself, just lugging it yes. down. It was like, oh, my goodness. I know. I know that. But and that one was what, what the corner didn't push back. Right. Uh, uh, he was supposed to like under he was supposed to rob it underneath. Uh, but that's that's what it is. That's kind of like a great synopsis of it is that they were like, we're keeping everything underneath. OK, this is fine. Everything's fine underneath. But. You're letting stuff get past you. One bust, and, right. Yeah, and or bust, or bust. And I don't know. It, it's you, you start to appreciate what really good defenses do with their players, too, mm-hmm. like the Rams defense last year, and you start seeing how fast everyone's playing. Um, and I'm not trying to knock like the Browns coaches or anything, but maybe it's one of those as they improve during the season and realizing what they're getting burned with because they only run a couple coverages. So once you start learning what the weaknesses of those coverages are, you can kind of start taking the next step together. Like John Johnson could be a going like, Hey, we did this all the time in LA, but if everybody else goes, yeah, I wasn't in LA with you. <laughs> so, right. you know, then they can take the next step going from that. You And sometimes these units that are smart like this. And if they're well coached after the bye week you'll start seeing them, you know, pick up as they clean it up. Yeah. Uh, the Browns bye week is until week 13. So. I know I was going to say, <laughs> I, would, I have their schedule up right now. That's why I was, I wasn't even going to say that, but I was like, yeah, so what well, might, but, and, and I'll, I'll say too, is their last like five weeks, it's Ravens, Raiders, Packers, well then Steelers, Bengals, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we, maybe we get a little bit of experiment to, uh, experimentation there. Yeah. I mean, if you don't play pass defense against the Bengals though, you're in trouble. Um, right. We'll see. Yeah, speaking of that, next week is Ravens-Bengals. The week after that is Browns-Steelers. We get into it. Um, there's a lot of known commodities in this division, Nate. Um, you know, what are maybe – who are maybe some of the unknown guys or or what are some of the storylines that you look forward to that really uh, might end up deciding the AFC North or, or you know, swing – obviously Pittsburgh's in a little bit of transition here. Um, you know, what, what stands out when I ask you about the division in general? Stands out. Uh, well, I, I got some like favorite players in this in this division, sure. like uh, Justin Matabuke for the Ravens. He's like this little D tackle for him. I really like him. Uh, but just 
what is what's shown to me is I think this Ravens defense for the first time in a while truly looks mortal. Um, and not they, they'd love to play man coverage and lo- losing Marcus Peters obviously is going to hurt that, but it just looks like they make more mistakes than what I'm used to from a Ravens defense. And even from their offense, their run game is still their run game. They got Lamar, but the Ravens run game has kind of been disjointed. Uh, yeah. I think losing those backs, they're not getting the easy yards. Like it's blocked up for five yards. They get five yards, but they're not creating seven. They're sure, Dobbins can get him eight or ten or twenty, right? Break one. Mark Ingram breaks one tackle. The guy bounces off his side and he gets twenty. Yeah, and it's just right. Up, and it just seems, you know, I love Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's best strength is pass protection. <laughs> He's not going to be doing a lot of that in Baltimore. <laughs> right. um, Devontae Freeman, love Devontae. His his legs were gone two years ago, three years ago, and it's like it looks like that. And I love Devontae. He runs hard, but it's like these guys are not what they need to do. They need to get north and they need to hit burst. It, it, they need speed, vertical speed. Um, and I think that Ravens pass game, Lamar is playing phenomenal, but I just did a thread on Twitter. They're still their pass spacing and what their guys are doing. They're still making a ton of mistakes. And as I'm talking to you right now, now I'm starting to like lean more towards the Browns as my pick for the AFC North as I'm like breaking down the Ravens right now. But, um, and then even on the Bengals side, uh, if we're going to a different team, I think the, the, the limitations they have, they try to be an empty all the time. Joe Burrow does all he can. He's trying to get the ball out quick. And what they're trying to do is like, hey, let's make Joe Burrow super smart. Let's make it right. But now you're seeing the films out. Once you start hitting five week five and later, all these teams have four games of film to go off of what you're doing this season. And I think that's what happened to the Bengals a little bit against the Packers was, okay, we're a little limited on this empty stuff. We're getting pressured over at one out five, five times we drop back. Like this isn't good. Um, so you see some limitations with that. I think their defense is smart, but maybe not that game changery type of defense. And then, you know, Steelers have their guys. Uh, <laughs> Steelers Steelers are built up front, just like on defense. They're built on a smart defense. And then just the offense. I have no idea what that offense is. It's it's hilarious to watch, actually. They they took the keys away from Big Ben, and maybe that will help. Uh, they they were doing RPOs with him, and he that's why he would have like four, 48 pass attempts. And it would be like for like, 180 yards and you're like right. what the hell it's because he's throwing all those slants and flats and outs and now i think this last week what they improved on was they go those rpos we took the p out it's run only option i seriously think that's what they did and it's like i so maybe that helps them down the road but we'll see they, they you know we'll see if that was just a one-week thing big ben's got big personality <laughs> so maybe he didn't like that i mean he's just so old i mean the browns took kellen winslow instead of ben roethlisberger and that's how long I know, I know, I know. And then you see, and that's what's so funny is like I big Ben to me as like this pocket ancient passer is so weird because you know how he used to play. Oh, scramble. for sure. Scramble, pump, yeah. Pumping, scramble drill, like pushing guys off of them, throwing it 40 yards. It was like, and now he has to be this cerebral quarterback. And it's like, you aren't, you aren't built to do this, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, but it, it's this, the AFC North is a fascinating division because it's just, even, even if I have been dogging the Bengals, like they are feisty. You know, and even the Steelers, like I just been dogging their offense. They're still not a bad team. Like they still could easily be a wild card team if their offense just is not crap. Right. Uh, yeah, um, but it, it's a it's a fun division. It really is, and just the styles everybody plays. That's what I love to watch. Oh. I, I can only watch so many Shanahan offenses. <laughs> week in, week out, as much as I love it. I know Stefanski has it, but Bill Callahan has his fingerprints all over this offense. So it, it's. 
I don't know. I love watching the Browns. I love watching the Ravens. It's like two of my favorite units to watch. So I, I'm just, I know I'm on a Brown show saying that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Nate, did you know that until last year um, that Big Ben was the winningest quarterback in the new Brown Stadium? I did know that, actually, but that is a great <laughs> stat. Oh, my God. They, uh, there's some other ones like that. Like I feel like the Lions have to have a few of those to them, too. Probably at four. At yeah. Four. I mean, Even that's my just dad. A- my dad was a 500 coach. He went eight, uh, eight, no against the lions in his four years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never lost at Ford field, baby. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, you know, you said like the Browns pr- can win 11, 12, uh, you know, other than health, right. And, and, and this run game, which is just a treat to watch. It is. You know, what is the Browns path to winning that 11, 12 to winning the division and, and then being a real threat. Um, because if they can win the division, they can host in January with Nick Chubb yeah. and Kareem hunt. Right. So what, what has to happen for the Browns to get there? I think just a little more dy- dynamic, uh, play out of their back end on defense. I think that's more than one or, or the first thing more than anything. I think their offense, even with Baker's limitations and maybe the pass game limitations, it's still an awesome offense. Like that run game is can run on anybody. Like they, they can truly be a plus against anybody. So, um, which is huge. Like you said, you get into cold weather that matters. <laughs> like if no one's not a lot of people are going to want to tackle Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt at, with five minutes to go in the game. Oh my God, this is the 44th time they've run the ball. Oh God, <laughs> you know, in January, like that's an advantage they have. But I think a little more keep tweaking what this defense is and figuring out what your guys are. I know that was a big thing going into this year was like, I know they wanted to run dime a lot and things like that and being lighter bodied, um, but figuring it all out, just figuring out how these pieces play. JOK looks like the real deal. Um, he's, he doesn't have the size, of course, but he's a useful player as a rookie. That is awesome. So I think that's the number one thing is just figuring out what those back seven guys do. And then as far as the offense, yeah, like we started the show with, figure out a little bit more drop back stuff just so you don't get caught in a situation like you did last week in a game you could have won. Um, I just think keep evolving, getting OBJ figured out. I don't know if they can. It's already been a couple of years now, but who knows? Um, and then, you know, Jarvis Landry's coming back and Jarvis has his limitations, but he's still a useful player like that helps. I think just keep doing what they're doing in the run game and just start figuring out they're doing a little bit different formationally. It looked like um, from their heavy set run game, just from the naked eye. So what's the next step off of that? What's the passing game? If you're going to be in 12 and 13 personnel, you can't just do run and play action off it. Are you going to start doing what the Raiders were beginning, uh, how they did at the beginning of the season, going all these tight ends and heavy personnel and then drop back passing out of it and creating all these advantages in the pass game um, out of base personnel. I think that's the next step for them to be like a truly, truly dynamic team. But really, this is a very, very good football team. Yeah, I mean, we saw last week for the first time, really, what they hoped David Njoku would eventually become. Right. Yes. Like this dude is yes. big and fast and he's been inconsistent as hell. And there's been a million reasons he's been benched by three different coaching staffs. Right. <laughs> but like there aren't many guys that catch that pass and turn and run the way that he does. Like they're just aren't. correct. Yeah. It's so. creating expo- it's creating an explosive play. That's that, that's all that pass game is. And if you have a tight end that can create an explosive play, like oh oh actually David Njoku, I I and I'm not sure I it's not like I've studied him this season, but I, I will put a feather in his cap from last season was I think he did buy into blocking and and I I don't know if it was inconsistent maybe it was just the two games that I watched him in that but I do think that like he truly bought in to go I'm like maybe I'm not the stud tight end that I thought I was entering the league how do I get better and I think they've got some buy-in from him to actually be a true tight end as opposed to just a 
catching only one. Is he great? Is he a perfect Y tight end? No, but it helps the offense so much. So I, I props to him, I guess, like figuring that out. But yeah, but they they need him. They need they need guys like that to just get that little uptick and, and be something. And I think that that helps everybody. I mean, that's an obvious answer, but <laughs> especially for them. Right. I agree. Nate, uh, good stuff. Let's do this again in December when we got more uh, film and more evidence. Appreciate it very much. He's Nate Tice, uh, the athletic football show coming at you guys all the time. Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening to Civilized Barking. The game is Sunday at 4.05. The undefeated Cardinals rolling into town. So we'll have our normal post-game podcast after that. As for next week with the short week and the Thursday game, Denver coming to town, I don't know. But uh, we, we know you guys are hanging around in the comment sections on Twitter, listening to this, sharing this. We appreciate all that. And we will talk to you after the game Sunday. Thank you for listening to Civilized Learning.